The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. With John Leonetti. That broadcast school has really paid off. Matt Wilcom. Mark Amadeo. Good morning. And Deacon Tony Valdez. Good morning, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am John Leonetti. It is Wednesday, April 26th. That's a beautiful day, huh? How about it? Yeah. I, I'm uh, been looking forward to days like this, so uh, going to be a beautiful day and, and hopefully a beautiful show. We got a good one lined up for you today. Coming up here on this Wednesday, we're going to be talking to Kim Cameron Smith. Kim Cameron Smith is the uh, author of the book "Rooting Your Team in the uh, Your Teen in the Faith: A Field Guide for Catholic Parents." I don't know about you, uh, but every time I have an author or a speaker or someone on. That is discussing uh, really how to how to raise your kids Catholic or keep your kids Catholic. I listen. I'm all in. Now I've got a ten year old, an eight year old, and a and a three year old. So my my kids are younger. But at the same time, um, you know, I, I think it's good for grandparents as well. Um, and and it's just good to remember. Plus, I I don't even know if if it's just specifically for you know younger kids. I I I have plenty of parents that I know that are trying to get their adult kids to heaven as well maybe some of these tactics will will work on them so we'll uh, we'll have kim cameron on about seven forty-five today at seven fifteen today we're going to have michael renier on he was born in st louis raised in the pentecostal church and uh and he is a uh, convert to catholicism he's got a uh, book called the forgotten language through scripture uh he's going to be talking about uh, his conversion today and just uh, uh sacred scripture just in general so we'll have a good uh, talk with him about 7.15 today. Matt Wilkham will have your news. Mark Amadeo will have your sports. We'll have your weather as well. Let's get to it. Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus and the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt. Welcome now with your news. Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together since 2012, featuring handcrafted beer that Des Moines can call its own. Confluencebrewing.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilcom. President Joe Biden launched his re-election bid on Tuesday with a promise to protect American liberties from, quote, extremists linked to former President Donald Trump, whom he beat in 2020 and might face again in 2024. Biden, 80, must overcome Americans' concerns about his age in order to win re-election, with 44% of Democrats saying he is too old to run. Trump, 76, also faces concerns about his age, with 35% of Republicans saying he is too old. The poll showed that a majority of registered voters don't want either Biden or Trump to run again. Five French priests who were killed by an anti-clerical insurrectionist government in Paris in 1871 were beatified as martyrs on Saturday in a mass in France in which increased security precautions were taken in light of recent political unrest. The priests were executed by firing squad on May 26, 1871 during the Haxo Street Massacre that took place at the end of the two-month reign of the Paris Commune, the revolutionary and anti-Catholic movement that controlled Paris from March to May of 1871. The insurrection was defeated by French troops in a bloody week that saw as many as 20,000 killed. The five priests beatified Saturday were declared martyrs by Pope Francis last November. 
Reaction poured in Tuesday from heads of state, civil rights leaders, and the entertainment world following the death of Harry Belafonte at age 96. As a prominent activist, charismatic singer, Hollywood leading man, Broadway star, and trailblazing black entertainer, Belafonte's loss was felt across a wide swath of American life. Belafonte died Tuesday of congestive heart failure at his New York home with his wife Pamela by his side. His Calypso, released in 1955, became the first officially certified million-selling album by a solo performer and started a national infatuation with Caribbean rhythms. Belafonte was nicknamed, reluctantly, the King of Calypso. Belafonte befriended Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the spring of 1956 after the young civil rights leader called and asked for a meeting. When King was assassinated in 1968, Belafonte helped pick out the suit he was buried in, sat next to his widow Coretta at the funeral, and continued to support his family, in part through an insurance policy he had taken out on King in his lifetime. And now for your sports update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Tuesday. In the National League, the Cubs pick up a win at home as they defeated the San Diego Padres by the score of 6 to nothing at Wrigley Field in Chicago. In San Francisco, the Giants defeating the St. Louis Cardinals by the score of 5-4 to four in the late game last night. In the American League, the first-place Minnesota Twins defeating the New York Yankees by the score of 6-2 in Minnesota. The Twins now with a three-game lead over second-place Cleveland in the American League Central. In Toronto yesterday, the Toronto Blue Jays defeating the Chicago White Sox by the score of 7-0. Interleague play had Detroit defeating the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 4-3 in Milwaukee. Brewers now in second place in National League Central, one game behind first-place Pittsburgh. And in the late game last night, the Kansas City Royals pick up a road win at Arizona defeating the Diamondbacks by the score of 5-4 to four in Phoenix last night. Last night, AAA baseball, the I-Cubs open up a homestand against Louisville, and it was Louisville taking game one by the score of 9-4 to four over the Iowa Cubs at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. Today, Louisville and the Iowa Cubs with a noon first pitch at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines in game two of their series. Last night, USHL hockey, the Clark Cup playoffs, and it was the Lincoln Stars ending the Des Moines Buccaneers season. Lincoln defeated the Des Moines Bucks by the score of 4-3 to three in overtime in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln wins that best of three series, two games to none. And last night, the NBA playoffs continue with the first round. It was game five in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks defeating the Boston Celtics 119-1. to 117 in Boston. Boston leads that best of seven series, three games to two. Game five in Denver, and the Denver Nuggets now advance as they defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 112 to 109 last night. Denver wins that best of seven series, four games to one. And in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns pick up a win at home as they defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 136 to 130. And Phoenix wins that best of seven series, four games to one. So Denver and Phoenix advance to the second round. Game one of their series will be Saturday night, Phoenix at the Denver Nuggets. Tonight, the NBA playoffs continue with game five in the Eastern Conference. The New York Knicks at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll tip off at six o'clock. The game will be televised on NBA TV with the Knicks leading that series three games to 
one. And in the other Eastern Conference Game five, it'll be Miami Heat at the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll tip off at 8.30 in Milwaukee. That game will be televised on NBA TV. Miami leads that best of seven series, three games to one. And in the Western Conference game five tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers at the Memphis Grizzlies. They'll tip off at 6.30 on TNT. The Lakers lead that best of seven series, three games to one. And in the other Western Conference game five tonight, the Golden State Warriors at the Sacramento Kings. They'll tip off at 9 o'clock tonight on TNT. And that series is tied at two games each. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Thank you, Mark. And finally, today's fun fact, the sun weighs... You may have a guess. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Four pounds. <laughs> Close. No. Uh, <laughs> smells like gas. 2,000 million, 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 million tons. Well. I didn't even know that that was I a word either. until I looked this up. I didn't but, know that that was possible. Yeah. 2,000 million, 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 million tons. Correct. Is what I heard. Wow. A little bit heavy for... Me. Well, I finally, finally found something heavier than me. I, I mean, I like to have my that. fun facts, you know, light. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that was a bit heavy for I me. get it. I get it. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Mr. Belafonte, huh? Yeah. I mean, yeah. my goodness. What a, what a star. Yeah. He was. I, I you know, just, who, my, my 10-year-old loves him. Oh, yeah. It was just, which is, I mean, it's just so out of his era, you know, my, my 10-year-olds. But he just loves him. And, uh, and we, we've listened to... Plenty of, uh, of Belafonte's uh, hits at the at the house. It's it's a lot of fun. What a talent! Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's great to see you know newer generations jump in the line. Right. If you ah, will. boy, you're just <laughs> full of those puns today, aren't you? Man, you're feeling it. He's feeling it today. He's feeling something. <laughs> just don't say Beetlejuice three times. Yeah, look at Jimmy over there. Well, Jimmy, you're a popular man. I like the weather. I don't know about I just ever blame being a popular you. man. I just blame you. You just blame me for everything. Blame All you do is everything. get up in the morning, you have a cramp, and you blame I me. I just blame you. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, It's not going to be a bad one, though. Could see some rain by Friday, but mostly sunny today, high in the low 60s tonight. Mostly clear that overhead low in the low 40s, and then sunshine, a high in the upper 60s tomorrow. By Friday, chance of showers partly sunny, but a high near 70. It is 38 now at the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios, 38 in Creston, 36 in Oskaloosa and Fairfield, 32 in Marshalltown. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Construction Professionals, a family business built on a strong foundation to create new and remodeled homes, cpcustomhomes.com. At your forecast, your Mm, banana deo boat. Don't even try it. Forecast. (laughs) I already did it. We're all out of puns. There you go. There you go. <laughs> On Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, Pope Francis saying this morning, monks and nuns are the beating heart of evangelization. I could not agree with him more. I could not agree with him more. Uh, I have said numerous times that, um, you know, uh, religious sisters, nuns, they're the backbone of our church, most especially when it comes to uh, evangelization. And I'll explain that in a second. But he says it's no accident that the patron saint of foreign missionaries is a cloistered nun. Who do you think that is? Uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, the patron saint of missionaries, and other cloistered religious who sustain the life of the church through intercessory prayer. Now, remember, those of us that know our saints, St. Therese of Lisieux, she was bedridden for the latter end of her life. And oh, by the way, she died at the age of 24 years old. So she was uh, bedridden for a solid, I think, four years, maybe uh, four or five years where she she couldn't get out of, of bed because of tuberculosis. 
um, and, you know, lived, obviously, a very short life. So, so how could someone that was, you know, bedridden for so long, someone that didn't leave the cloister, be the patron saint, the patroness of, of missionaries who go out to all the world, right? They could find someone there. Well, it's because she was a missionary. We, we think missionaries are, are those people that just quite literally go out from, from place to place, from country to country. And they are. Many of them are. Many of them have done great work and many of them are great saints. But we can also be missionaries in our own backyard, missionaries in our own homes, teachers of the faith, uh, proclaimers, those that go out of our shells or of ourselves and proclaim the good news. To all those that we hear. She's a doctor of the church, of course, because of her great wisdom and teachings. And uh, she was a missionary to the church at large when you look at Therese of Lisieux. Now, yes, I'm on record saying I don't have much of a devotion to her. It's been hard for me of all the saints to really uh, attach myself to her. And I've, I've said, you know, reasons why she's obviously an, an incredible saint and I have profound respect for her. But don't listen to me. I mean, she she was a, a, a behemoth when it came to when it came to evangelization uh, for the church and evangelizing in in a small way, right? Uh, of course, she coins the little way of holiness, which is something I think for all of us, right? That that we're not all called to going out and and doing these you know big things as we oftentimes think we have to for the Lord. But you can be holy, you can. Uh, live sanctified and as a saint taking your kids to school in the morning, you know, on the way to school and the way in which you, in the manner in which you do that one simple task that is maybe ordinary for you every day. Maybe you're doing it right now, but you are called to holiness in that moment. We are called to holiness in every little mundane moments of our life. Even the the regular patterns. I'm not called to holiness when I'm doing that. Oh, I'm called to holiness when I'm down serving at the soup kitchen. Sure. But you're also called to holiness on the way to the soup kitchen, preparing in your home, the way in which you, in the manner in which you are living with your spouse, your kids, your family. So, Lest we think that evangelization is, you know, something kind of big, or I've got to go and speak to 9,000 people. That's not just evangelization. That's the easy part of evangelization, quite frankly. That's the easy part. The hard part is actually living it in the small, ordinary ways. Now, I've kind of gotten off track a little bit from what the Holy Father was saying uh, when it comes to monks and nuns. But yes, uh, they, they, of course, are the backbone of missionary efforts and evangelization efforts in the life of the church. So I, um, I could not agree more. I spent too much time yapping here, so I'm, I'm going to have to move on. But um, remember to pray for your sisters, monks, nuns, all of those that are continuing on in, their, in those efforts. Coming up, Father Michael Renier is going to be on. He was uh, uh, a priest that... Um, has quite the uh, has quite the conversion story. He was a Pentecostal uh, growing up, and uh, now, of course, a Catholic priest. He's got a book out called "The Forgotten Language: How Recovering the Poetics of the Mass Will Change Our Lives." We'll have Father Michael on when we come back. John Lee Nettie here on the Catholic Morning Show. Friends, don't go anywhere. 
You're listening to The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Would you like to highlight a birthday, anniversary, or other special occasion? You can do that by underwriting a day of broadcasting on Iowa Catholic Radio. For a monthly gift of $300 or more, your message will be heard on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network throughout the day of your choosing. It's the perfect way to honor your memories and milestones while supporting your favorite radio station. Dates go quickly, so reserve yours now. Call 515 223 1150 or email Deacon Mark at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Catholic Charities, where exceptional service is a hallmark in caring for those with essential needs, including food pantry, professional counseling, emergency family shelter, and refugee services. CatholicCharitiesDM.org. Help connect listeners to Christ. Tell a friend about Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Support for programming provided by Trappist Caskets, a work of the monks of New Mallory Abbey in Piasta, Iowa. Embracing an honest approach to death can more readily affirm the real meaning of life. Trappist Caskets and urns are made in the prayerful environment of the monastery using Iowa-grown wood from the Abbey's sustainable forest. Each casket and urn is blessed by a monk. Quietly laboring with their hands for 175 years, the monks offer workmanship at the pinnacle of woodworkers' craft, available for immediate delivery or as a part of a pre-planning program. Learn more at trappistcaskets.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dental Associates, addressing your smile needs and dreams. 515-225-6742, Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for programming comes from Golden Rule Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical, offering repairs, installations, and maintenance for the whole house, including heating and cooling systems and all things plumbing and electrical. Learn more at GoldenRulePHC.com. Listen to Iowa Catholic Radio anywhere. Download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Fitness by Design, your neighborhood fitness studio. Located in Des Moines, offering PHR fitness classes, private and semi-private training, beamer, and massage. Learn more at fitnessbydesigndm.com, 515-770-3844. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for... Thanks for tuning in, friends. John Minetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. Still working on getting Father Michael all hooked up here. In the second half hour, we're going to have Kim Cameron Smith on the show. Uh, rooting your team. Uh, excuse me. I've said that twice now. Rooting your teen in the faith. A field guide for Catholic parents. And I think, uh, as I've said before, I need this. I need this book about as much as um, about as much as anyone else. I, uh, as we uh, try to get father on here, I was uh, reading a blog post uh, that was uh, just put up yesterday and I thought it was really good. I put it in the arsenal, but I might as well uh, uh, put it at the forefront here as we, as we continue on. It was on St. Mark, the evangelist. I, I think oftentimes we don't study, um, you know, the, these uh, uh, pivotal players, if you will, of, uh, of the gospels. He's an important figure, obviously author of the second gospel and a disciple of St. Peter. But uh, in this blog post, it presents 10 fun facts about St. Mark, 
uh, many of which I, I actually didn't know. I, I was reading through these. I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, my goodness, I, how do I not know all this about St. Mark? But um, well, it's just normal. I'm constantly learning, right? Number one, he was a cousin of St. Barabbas. Excuse me, Barnabas. Barabbas. Barnabas. According to tr- tradition, St. Mark, also called John Mark, was a cousin of St. Barnabas and an influential leader in the early church and companion of St. Paul and his missionary journeys. Also, the uh, house of St. Mark. St. Mark's house in Jerusalem was believed to be the site of the Last Supper where Jesus instituted the Eucharist. Had no idea about that. And also the place where the disciples gathered after the resurrection. And then also he was a disciple of St. Peter. Christian tradition holds that St. Mark was a disciple of St. Peter and that his gospel was based on the apostles' teachings and testimonies. So I'll, I'll run through some of those uh, throughout the show today and tomorrow. But I thought it was a really good piece, just learning about this uh, great gospel writer we know as St. Mark the Evangelist, talking about evangelization. I think that's the common theme for the two segments so far on the show. Let's go to our next segment. He's the author of the forthcoming book, The Forgotten Language, How Recovering the Poetics of the Mass Will Change Our Lives. Father Michael Rainier joins me. Hello, Father. Hello, how are you? I'm doing fine. So you grew up Pentecostal, right? I did, I did, yeah. How did you become a Catholic priest? Oh my goodness, that's a long story. That's uh, <laughs> that's one of those questions that's really difficult to answer. I think it was yeah. uh, John Henry Newman, Saint Saint John Henry Newman, oh, who, nice. who once said, "I can't answer that question between you know the soup and the main course at dinner." Yeah, like, yeah. When people would ask him that, for me, it was a long. Uh, I would say about a fifteen-year process. Really? Um, yeah, I, I became Episcopalian. As, a, as an intermediate step, I, I grew up very anti-Catholic, so I, I wasn't really open to becoming Catholic when I was exploring my options. Who had the biggest uh, impact on your convert? You look back, you say, this one person, I owe a lot of it to this one, besides our Lord, of course. Right, right. Uh, so it, it, it's an obscure Catholic poet named Gerard Manley Hopkins. Really? Uh, yeah, he was a Jesuit priest. Uh English, and he wrote just absolutely gorgeous poems, uh, and he himself was a convert. He grew up Anglican in the Church of England and became Catholic uh, in his early 20s. And I remember reading his, his poetry, reading his, his biography, and it all rang very true to me. Um, essentially, my conversion process was discovering the beauty of the Mass. Hmm. Uh, and that's why I think it's so hard for me to explain what moment it was. It wasn't like there was one thing I read or one argument I heard that, yeah. that finally made me believe I should be Catholic now. But it was a growing awareness over the course of, of decades that that the Mass is the most beautiful thing that we have in this world. And it, and actually, it's so beautiful that it, 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 it takes us right up to the threshold of heaven and... And we, we glimpse and we participate, even if just for that, that moment, in the beauty of God himself. What do you, what do you say to people, Father, that say, I, I, I want to believe that, I want to know that, but, you know, uh, the music at my uh, church isn't the greatest, uh, my priest can't preach, um, you know, <laughs> it's just, I, I, want, I want to dive in, I want a better experience of the Mass, but I can't have one. How do you, how do you respond to that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. I remember when I converted, and I was all excited for all these beautiful Masses. I had been going to some 
before conversion and exploring it. And, and I was choosing, I guess, very carefully. I was going to some, some places where they did the Mass really reverently. Yeah. And then I realized a lot of Masses are not like that. Mm. And that disappointed me. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that if you are in a parish where they're not particularly being reverent at all, uh, don't feel trapped. Find find one where you can be fed, especially if you have children, uh, so that they can have their faith strengthened and um, and have that intimate interior life with with our Lord uh, cultivated through the Mass. And I I will say this too, Father. I, I it's it's not that. I mean, most, at least in my neck of the woods here in my diocese, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been to a mass where a priest hasn't taken it seriously or it's not Good. it's not reverend, uh, reverent in, in that sense. But, I mean, I, we've all been to, you know, masses where, okay, and I prefer some different music or, or again, you know, I, I want a better homily or all that stuff. And I think sometimes we can get so caught up in those things. This is kind of where I was going. But I, we can get so gotcha. caught up that we can forget, right, the, the beauty, the importance of, what the mass really is, even even in spite of maybe a bad homily every now and then, or or, or music that's not to our liking. Yeah, absolutely. And and one of the reasons I wrote the forgotten language was because I wasn't really interested in all those liturgy wars, right? About oh, you have to sing this kind of music or that sure. kind of music, and this is so. To me, there's 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 a much deeper heart that we need to get to of like this beating heart of the mass, and it's beautiful simply because the blessed sacrament is beautiful. And the more that we can display that through the reverence and the care and the attention that we we provide at the Mass, the more fruits we're going to get from it. Um, but it, it doesn't really help us to focus on, you know, those exteriors. Uh, and as, as a priest, I'm particularly grateful that the quality of the, the homily won't destroy the, 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 the experience of the Mass, right? Because I'm grateful. I, I, I like try that. my best. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm not the best preacher out there. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I'm, I'm very introverted, so uh, my, my public speaking style is very uh, subdued, I, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the beauty of the Mass comes from a much deeper source. I, it, it comes from the sacrament itself. If you were to say, if someone was to ask you, Father, what, what happens at Mass? How would you respond to that? Well, I, I would say that we're we're being drawn to participate in the life of God Himself through the through the power of the sacrament, and the sacrament works by 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 what it is, and so we're not earning it and we're not creating it, but it's a gift from God, and so it's this poetic moment. The way I use that word poem is that it's a language that's loaded with with deeper meaning, and so all the symbolism of the mass, that sacramental reality. It's not just functional, it's not just self-help, but it's actually drawing us into the life of Christ to become what He is. And, and that's nothing uh, but grace, and it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to participate, and I'm so grateful for it. Praise God for that, man. I, 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 I like that, to live the life of God and to, to enter into it now. And again, friends, I want to make sure we, we catch what Father just said here, because that's not dependent on us. That's all grace, right? right? I mean, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, God just does all the heavy lifting for us, quite literally. I mean, lifting that cross. But he does all the heavy lifting for us where we just got to show up. I mean, we have to play a part in this, right? We got to show up, and then God just works. On. I mean, just at the, at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, he just pours himself out to us 
Again, literally, body, blood, soul, and divinity. That's the kind of God we have. It's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Just show up, pay attention, slow down, and try to try to allow God to give you that gift. You say there's a you. you say there's a skill that we need to progress quickly in our interior life. What's that skill? And I think that's exactly what I what I had just mentioned. Nice. Was, uh, pay attention, because it's not about the exteriors, but it's about this interior movement of the Holy Spirit. And if we're not looking for it, then then we miss it. So the very first thing, and all of us can do this. Right? You don't have to be a great mystic. Uh, you you can show up. You're you're a mother. You're a father. You're dragged your kids to mass. They're they're wiggling in the pews. But if you can simply pay attention, uh, just for a few a few minutes there, uh, you will see it, and God will will he will unfold that interior. Uh, movement of, of uh, his love within you um, and so it's the tools that we need uh, are, are I think just everyday tools that they're accessible to all of us mm, I love it father where can people get the book they can get it from Sophia Institute Press uh, it's also available you know in places like amazon.com and so on absolutely friends you can go to divine treasures locally here if they don't have the book they will certainly order it for you the forgotten language how recovering the poetics of the mass will change our lives beautiful father thank you for coming on and, and sharing your time with us and, uh, and obviously your talent with this book god bless you I appreciate it. You too. All right, friends. Coming up, second half hour, we're going to have Kim Cameron Smith on, Rooting Your Teen in the Faith, a field guide for Catholic parents. All you Catholic parents and grandparents, make sure to listen up here in this second half hour. We'll have Kim Cameron Smith on. Uh, Sounds like some good stuff. Here, John Linetti on the Catholic Morning Show. Father Andrew, right now with today's Gospel and Reflection. April 26, Wednesday of the third week of Easter. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to the crowds, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. But I told you that although you have seen me, you do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus' aim is to continually nourish us and build us up spiritually in this life so that we are better prepared to enter eternal life. And while we are meant to be with God forever in heaven, that does not mean we cannot lose this privileged position by committing grave sin and separating ourselves from him. It is a stark reality that we need to realize that as Jesus reminds us, we can constantly go to him with contrition and resolve to not sin again. Join us on June 1st at the Iowa Event Center for the InterVisions Annual Gala presented by Permar Security. This year's theme is The Miracle of the Heartbeat to stress the importance of the heartbeat in the ultrasound and Iowa's efforts to pass pro-life legislation. Our keynote speaker is Dr. William Lyle. As a medical professional, Dr. Lyle understands the importance of the free, life-affirming work that InterVisions does in empowering women and saving babies. To register, visit IVHcare.org, and we look forward to seeing you on June 1st. And thanks for supporting the women and babies of InterVisions Healthcare. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Support for programming comes from Dr. Vince Hassel, a board-certified chiropractic physician offering patients all-natural doctor-supervised weight loss programs, lifestyle modification, and pain relief to achieve optimal health and wellness. Learn more at weightlossindemoines.com. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, friends. John Leonetti here in the Catholic Morning Show. It is Wednesday, April 26th. Coming up, second half hour, Kim Cameron Smith is going to be on, author of Rooting Your Teen in the Faith, a field guide for Catholic parents. All you Catholic parents and grandparents, make sure to listen up today. We'll have a, a good segment on with Kim uh, here in the second half hour. All right, Deacon Tony, let's offer our day to our Lord with our morning offering. God, our Father, we offer you our day. We offer you all our thoughts, words, joys, and sufferings in union with the heart of Jesus. Holy Spirit, be our guide and strength today so that we may witness to your love. Mary, Mother of Jesus in the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse, protect us. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Matt. Welcome now with your news. Thank you, John. News brought to you this morning by Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together since 2012, featuring handcrafted beer that Des Moines can call its own. Confluencebrewing.com. Good morning. I'm Matt Wilkham. President Joe Biden launched his re-election bid on Tuesday with a promise to protect American liberties from, quote, extremists linked to former President Donald Trump, whom he beat in 2020 and might face again in 2024. Biden, 80, must overcome Americans' concerns about his age in order to win re-election, with 44% of Democrats saying he is too old to run. Trump, 76, also faces concerns about his age, with 35% of Republicans saying he is too old. The polls showed that a majority of registered voters don't want either Biden or Trump to run again. Five French priests who were executed by an anti-clerical insurrectionist government in Paris in 1871 were beatified as martyrs on Saturday in a mass in France in which increased security precautions were taken in light of recent political unrest. The priests were executed by firing squad on May 26, 1871 during the Haxos Street Massacre that took place at the end of the two-month reign of the Paris Commune, the revolutionary and anti-Catholic movement that controlled Paris from March to May of 1871. The insurrection was defeated by French troops in a bloody week that saw as many as 20,000 killed. The five priests beatified Saturday were declared martyrs by Pope Francis last November. And reaction poured in Tuesday from heads of state, civil rights leaders, and the entertainment world following the death of Harry Belafonte at age 96. As a prominent activist, charismatic singer, Hollywood leading man, Broadway star, and trailblazing black entertainer, Belafonte's loss was felt across a wide swath of American life. Belafonte died Tuesday of congestive heart failure at his New York home with his wife Pamela by his side. His Calypso, released in 1955, became the first officially certified million-selling album by a solo performer and started a national infatuation with Caribbean rhythms. Belafonte was nicknamed reluctantly the King of Calypso. Belafonte befriended Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the spring of 1956 after the young civil rights leader called and asked for a meeting. When King was assassinated in 1960, Belafonte helped pick out the suit he was buried in, sat next to his widow Coretta at the funeral,
funeral and continued to support his family, in part through an insurance policy he had taken out on King in his lifetime. And now for your sports update with Mark Amadeo. In sports on your Wednesday morning, yesterday's Major League Baseball scoreboard, some of the Midwest teams that were in action on Tuesday. In the National League, the Cubs pick up a win at home as they defeated the San Diego Padres by the score of 6 to nothing at Wrigley Field in Chicago. In San Francisco, the Giants defeating the St. Louis Cardinals by the score of 5-4 to four in the late game last night. In the American League, the first-place Minnesota Twins defeating the New York Yankees by the score of 6-2 in Minnesota. The Twins now with a three-game lead over second-place Cleveland in the American League Central. In Toronto yesterday, the Toronto Blue Jays defeating the Chicago White Sox by the score of 7-0. Interleague play had Detroit defeating the Milwaukee Brewers by the score of 4-3 in Milwaukee. Brewers now in second place in National League Central, one game behind first-place Pittsburgh. And in the late game last night, the Kansas City Royals pick up a road win at Arizona, defeating the Diamondbacks by the score of 5-4 in Phoenix last night. Last night, AAA baseball, the I-Cubs open up a homestand against Louisville, and it was Louisville taking game one by the score of 9-4 over the Iowa Cubs at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines. Today, Louisville and the Iowa Cubs with a noon first pitch at Principal Park in downtown Des Moines in game two of their series. Last night, USHL hockey, the Clark Cup playoffs, and it was the Lincoln Stars ending the Des Moines Buccaneers season. Lincoln defeated the Des Moines Bucks by the score of 4-3 to three in overtime in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln wins that best of three series, two games to none. And last night, the NBA playoffs continue with the first round. It was game five in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks defeating the Boston Celtics 119-1. to 117 in Boston. Boston leads that best of seven series, three games to two. Game five in Denver, and the Denver Nuggets now advance as they defeated the Minnesota Timberwolves 112 to 109 last night. Denver wins that best of seven series, four games to one. And in the Western Conference, the Phoenix Suns pick up a win at home as they defeated the Los Angeles Clippers 136 to 130. And Phoenix wins that best of seven series, four games to one. So Denver and Phoenix advance to the second round. Game one of their series will be Saturday night, Phoenix at the Denver Nuggets. Tonight, the NBA playoffs continue with game five in the Eastern Conference. The New York Knicks at the Cleveland Cavaliers. They'll tip off at six o'clock. The game will be televised on NBA TV with the Knicks leading that series three games to And in the other Eastern Conference game five, it'll be Miami Heat at the Milwaukee Bucks. They'll tip off at 830 in Milwaukee. That game will be televised on NBA TV. Miami leads that best of seven series, three games to one. And in the Western Conference game five tonight, the Los Angeles Lakers at the Minnesota. Memphis Grizzlies. They'll tip off at 6.30 on TNT. The Lakers lead that best seven series, three games to one. And in the other Western Conference game five tonight, the Golden State Warriors at the Sacramento Kings. They'll tip off at nine o'clock tonight on TNT. And that series is tied at two games each. And with your Wednesday morning sports update on the Catholic Morning Show, I'm Mark Amadeo. Mark. And finally, today's fun fact, Jamaica has the highest concentration of churches in the world. There are more churches per square kilometer in Jamaica than any other nation in the world with over 1,600. Although famously associated with Rastafarianism, Jamaica is actually 64% Christian, with Rastas making up less than 10% of the population. Yeah. 
Well, you've been to the Caribbean, John? I have. I have been. I, I even was, went I was going to guess that. I even went to the Mass, uh, mass in the Caribbean. All right. Yeah. So have you been there? I have. Yeah. I think I maybe went the wrong time of year because it was August. Ooh. <laughs> it was pretty brutally. That'd be pretty hot. Hot and humid. Yeah. But yeah. Well, that's all right. I guess Jamaica, well, the Caribbean in general has only two seasons. It's like the wet season hot and the dry and hotter. season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hot and hotter. No doubt about it. Uh, what's the weather in Jamaica, Jamaica Jimmy? Jamaica can be crazy. There we go. <laughs> did you did, did you ride the banana boat while you were there? I, it's did, gonna, <laughs> I did ride a boat. <laughs> it's going to be mostly sunny today, a high in the low 60s. Then tonight, mostly clear, overnight low in the low 40s. And then tomorrow, sunshine and uh, starting to see that uh, temperature on the rise with a high in the upper 60s and then a chance of showers on Friday, partly sunny and a high near 70. It is 38 at the Iowa Catholic Radio Studios in Creston, 36 in Oskaloosa and Fairfield, and 32 in Marshalltown. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from construction professionals, a family business built on a strong foundation to create new and remodeled homes. cpcustomhomes.com. That is your banana boat forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you, Jimmy. Let's go to your saint (laughs) of the day. This is your Saint of the Day on Iowa Catholic Radio. He was Central America's first canonized saint, and more than a half a million people were present for his canonization ceremony. Saint Pedro de San Jose Bittacontor was born in the small Canary Islands of the coast of Africa, and as a young man traveled to Guatemala. He arrived so destitute that he joined a breadline organized by the Franciscans right away. Pedro had a strong desire to share the gospel and wanted to be a priest, but he did not have the necessary schooling for the job. Instead, Pedro first joined the secular Franciscans and later created the Brothers and Sisters of Bethlehem. Pedro built a hospital for the poor in Guatemala City, a homeless shelter, and a Catholic school for the impoverished. All this Pedro completed, quite frankly, right before he died. He died of pneumonia at the age of 41 years old. He was canonized 350 years later by St. John Paul II. Today, we ask St. Pedro de San Jose Betacantor to pray for us. Amen. All right, when we come back, boy, I'm going to be all ears for this interview. Rooting your teen in the faith, a faith field guide for Catholic parents, Kim Cameron Smith, on this new book when we come back. John Linetti here on the Catholic Morning Show, friends. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is your news for the Diocese of Des Moines for Wednesday, April 26th. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins. Tonight, the support group Nourish for Caregivers meets. If you're caring for a husband, parent, or child and need a shoulder to lean on, join us at 6 p.m. at Holy Trinity's Media Center. All caregivers are welcome. Bishop William Johnson will be offering a Mass for quinceaneras on September 2nd at 1 p.m. at St. Ambrose Cathedral. If you would like to register your quinceanera, please contact Jessica Poncho at 515-237-5051. Again, contact Jessica at 237-5051. Mark your calendars. On May 25th, St. Vincent de Paul is hosting a golf fundraiser. It's called Chip In for Charity to help fight hunger locally. The event is Thursday, May 25th at Copper Creek Golf Course in Pleasant Hill. Proceeds are used to help the needy. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul served more than 25,000 clients in the Des Moines metro area. Golfers should contact St. Vincent de Paul and ask for Randy to sign up. That's your news for the Diocese of Des Moines. I'm Kelly Metro-Collins. Listen to Iowa Catholic Radio anywhere. Download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online. CTOIowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from the St. Thomas More Center in Panora, Iowa, home of Catholic Youth Camp, where life-changing peace meets transforming joy. By uniting our Catholic faith and fun, CYC serves youth and young adults as they become joy-filled missionary disciples of Christ. Campers experience laughter, new friends, and writing new stories as they are immersed in the beauty of the Catholic faith and live the adventure of His call. Registration for summer camps is now open. For more information, visit stmcenter.com. Cresta in the afternoon. With me right now is George Weigel. Ratzinger had the mind of 12 professors and the simple piety of a child making their first Holy Communion. That's a very powerful combination, and the two obviously influenced each other. At the center of that was this profound sense that it is the person of Jesus Christ, and through meeting him, we come to the church. Cresta in the afternoon, weekdays on Iowa Catholic Radio. The Catholic Morning Show on Iowa Catholic Radio. Thanks for tuning in, friends. John Leonetti here on the Catholic Morning Show. It's Wednesday, April 26th. Let's go to our next guest. Rooting Your Teen in the Faith is the book, a field guide for Catholic parents, Kim Cameron Smith. I'm all ears, Kim. Just just talk. Just tell me how to do it. Tell me how to do it. I've got a 10-year-old, I've got an 8-year-old, and I've got a, a 3-year-old. So I've got a little bit of time here to prepare which is why I love having guests on like yourself. Oh, it's good. it's good to prepare early. And everything you're doing now is setting the stage for the teen years and your teen's receptiveness to matters of faith. Well, and, and also everything, everything we're not doing now, right? I mean, that's, that's the pressure sometimes for a parent is to, is to build that foundation, but to, to really, you know, uh, make, it, make it clear what the mission is. Right. Yeah, we live in a world where the mission is not clear to our kids because they get a lot of mixed messages. And, you know, the really exciting thing is that some parents assume that the most important thing is to get their kids connected to a really, quote, good youth group or to help them make friends at at their parishes, which is important. But really, the parish programs are not the most powerful factor in whether you will transmit the faith to your child. It's actually your relationship. Mm -hmm. And that is shocking for parents because I, too, when I was a young mom, thought, oh, it's very important that I find a parish where they have a really good youth program. And it's also scary because some of us aren't well um, prepared and we're not we're not well catechized but the thing to i want to encourage parents to understand is it's not what you know it is who are you to your child and what are they seeing so the 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 research is very clear it is not even close the parents example how joyful they live the faith how the faith gives them answers during times of crises when kids see that that 
sinks in. So even if you go through a period where your kids are seem less receptive, don't give up. Just keep living, keep inviting, be that example, and you are getting somewhere even if you're not seeing it on the surface. That's got to be such a relief to so many. It is to me, right? I mean, you think, okay, the faith is just answering all the questions and you've got to have all the answers. It's, it's, it's not. Right. I mean, you got to take a step back. And as you said, it's all about relationship um, with, yeah. with your young person. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, it, I think there was a time in history where parents were very well catechized. They understood matters of faith intellectually. But that's not the most important thing. And know that particularly in the teen years, your your kids start asking hard questions did the, did the church just make all this up? How do we know there's a God? Well, where is he? You know, they ask these questions, and it throws us off, and we think, oh, my goodness, um, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what to do here. But know that teenagers, they tend to ask really predictable questions, and they're not as deep as you may think. And the exciting thing is that your role at that point is just to accompany them through their questions, to be the safe person that your your teen can go to to ask the questions, and just learn together and just say, wow, that's a great question. I love that question. Mm. I don't know the answer right now, but hey, let me make some hot chocolate. Let's, let's try to figure this out together, yeah, yeah. right? So making their questions and even their little, you know, grumblings an opportunity to evangelize rather than um, being locked into fear. So you share that you left the church as an older teen yourself. You returned later, right, in graduate school. What what were the reasons for that? What what were the reasons for my that, return? That you left. Why did I? You know, um, there were a lot of factors. I, you know, I come from a, a a kind of troubled background, and I connected I connected the church to the pain that I experienced. Mm. And I was also um, uh, I was also evangelized by a Protestant youth group in my high school. And so I left the church not knowing what I was leaving. And what's really, uh, that I really want your listeners to know is that some people said, hey, you know, that was just the path you needed to take. And well, you know, that was the journey you needed to take. And I just don't, believe that. I believe that there are some, uh, you know, inevitable losses we experience as we mature. You know, we have to leave the safety of home. We have to leave behind the vision we have of ourselves as we mature and such. But that loss was dumb. That was not something I needed to lose. And indeed, I was losing you know, I, it, the church has answers to questions I was asking. How do I deal with this pain? How? Do, who am I? You know, where am I? What's the point of all of this? And when I lost the church, I lost those answers, and I lost the beauty of the church. Church is an incredible treasure, and it was an it was an unnecessary loss, and that's one of the reasons it's important to me. You know that I. It, that I show my children what the treasure is and whether they embrace that treasure or not, that is a choice they will eventually make. But I at least want them to know what they will be missing. What if you have a teen that doesn't want to go to Mass? Do you force them? Do you give them the choice? Let them stay home? How do you, uh, how do you respond? 
Well, um, I know there are some parents that feel when they get to the teen years, you know, they should let their kids make the choice. But I disagree. I think that, you know, just like I wouldn't let a toddler decide whether they wear a coat out in the snow, I don't let my teenagers, you know, choose whether to go to mass because because why? It will hurt them. Because sometimes kids don't realize that something is dangerous or will hurt them, and it's our job as parents to lead the way. And so teenagers can be uh, resistant, but just ask, like, try to get to the root of their resistance. Is it really, do they have questions about the faith, or is the problem rooted in the relationship? So teenagers should be following our lead, and if they're resisting um, rudely and out of like some kind of hardness of heart, what you're looking at is a relationship issue, not a faith issue. Mm. So if the issue is that they just have questions, like I said, well, yay, you've now entered a more mature faith of, uh, stage of faith, so let's explore those questions together. But at my home, I, it's just a given. There's no question that the kids go to Mass and they participate in our family faith activities. And if we get resistance, we deal with the resistance, but the answer is not to let the teen walk away. Yeah. You, you want what's best for your kid. Uh, you, you, as parents, that's, that's all any good parent knows and wants what is absolutely best for their, their, their kid, even when they don't know it at times, right? They don't know this is what's going to be best for them at times, and it's our job hopefully, as parents to be able to help guide them. There's ways to do that, of course. I don't recommend, you know, uh, you know, putting the hammer down. Well, you're going to go to Mass because you have to go to Mass. But, you know, again, as you said, kind of inquiring a little bit, asking maybe some questions and helping them understand maybe the beauty and the importance of the Mass, which, by the way, Kim, I have to say, it, this doesn't happen overnight, right? I mean, it, this is long. We've we got to play the long game here. Right. And, you know, um, one thing I want to say is, Present the Mass as an opportunity. Mm. So it is an obligation, but it's also an opportunity. So try to connect your your kids to that. But you're right, helping, pointing your team toward the future. And, and um, you know, I, I agree, don't throw the hammer down, yeah. but do set a boundary and try to um, explore with your team where the resistance is coming from and presenting it to them as something, I mean, even I as a, an adult, there are some mornings when I wake up and think, well, I don't want to do my devotion, I don't want to go to Mass, but mm-hmm. part of maturing is you step forward, you do the right thing, even when there's some, whatever in our natural disposition, we have a resistance. So just, you know, very matter-of-factly, yeah, but some mornings I want to sleep in too, but... All right, well, we, we're going to Mass. We're going to stop and get donuts afterwards. Let's yeah. go. You know, yeah. see you in 10 minutes. And not, you know, and don't be influenced by, you know, some parents feel like they need to be their teen's best friend. And if they're not their teen's best friend and their teen doesn't love them, it, you know, love what they're doing every minute, that, it, that somehow they're doing something wrong. That's not true. Frustration is part of adolescence and you're going to see frustration and a little pushback that doesn't mean you're doing something wrong that means you're living with a teenager yep. <laughs> so, oh well just keep going fight the good fight and um you know you'll see um you'll see beautiful um you know those roots of faith taking deep root and you'll see the um you know the, the blossoming of more mature faith if you just do what god wants you to do keep walking 
and trust in God when you have tough moments with your teen. Catholicism and the Science of Parenting, all bottled up into one book, friends, uh, from Kim Cameron Smith. Where can people get the book, Kim? Uh, you can look at look on our sundayvisitor.com at Amazon or at any good Catholic bookstore. That's right. Divine Treasures locally here, friends. If they don't have it, they'll order it for you. Rooting Your Teen in the Faith, a faith guide for Catholic parents. Kim, thank you for coming on. God bless your work. And God bless you, too. All right. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. Deacon Tony, let's offer some prayers to our Lord. Let us pray for the intentions of our listeners. All our priests, religious, the souls in purgatory, and for all the intentions that all of us have that we're holding deep in our hearts, let us pray the prayer of St. Michael. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Mother Mary, pray for us. St. Joseph and St. Michael, protect us. And may the blessing of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, come down upon all of us, protect us all from evil, and bring us all to his everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. I am John Leonetti. Be confident in Christ's mercy and his love today. The Catholic Morning Show is a production of the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. To hear this and other programs, visit iowacatholicradio.com or download the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Here in this worn and weary land where many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water We never will run